0: Hi, listeners. We have a special message for you. Oh, wow. We're introducing ourselves into this. (laughs) I think they know who we are. But in case you
1: don't, these are going to be our mini rants. We're going to come on here from time to time. Vicky and I will just kind of go through a very quick rant about a specific topic. And we want to make sure you listen. Usually it's coming from Instagram.
0: Yeah, you could find it. On Instagram, in our stories, we're trying to be on there more. And then some of them will actually be turned into these mini rants that you're gonna listen to right now. Enjoy. Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki
1: Brett. I'm Amanda Solohey. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern
0: activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics, which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in
1: education and level the playing field.
0: Welcome Welcome back. back. (laughs) We didn't talk, we did it at the same time. (laughs) It really happens. Usually we have an awkward pause instead. (laughs) That's true. We're just in sync. I think it's just, we're really into the school year now. I just September came and went like everybody like October is usually yeah. October and may are usually for the past, you know, decade have traditionally for us been super hectic. Um, And I'm already yeah. feeling that in the it's second week of October IEP
1: season. Like let's yeah. get our transition IEPs. Let's get our, well, um, just like even
0: incidences happening, right. Yeah. Or like checking in. Um, well, you've on passed things.
1: the honeymoon stage of the beginning yes. of the school
0: year. And yep.
1: Our kids are really showing their true selves. The teachers are showing Mm -hmm. their true selves. So we're really getting into what is the school year looking like? And, you know, seems to be the time that everyone needs to check in. But, you know, we're continuing this eligibility kind of vignette where we are diving into the low incidence disabilities. We are on our second of the four. Um, Today, we're going to talk about deafness, which is its own eligibility category, That includes a hearing impairment that is so severe that the child is impaired in processing linguistic information through hearing with or without amplification that adversely affects a child's educational performance. So obviously we are not just like any other categories. It's not a simple, you have a diagnosis that you're deaf and so you qualify It is a broader category because as we know, with all disabilities, there are varying levels of disabilities as there is with deafness. And so not to be confused with the category we'll go through next week, which is hearing impairment. So I want to really make sure that like when we're looking at the category of deafness, it really is looking at something that is so severe, which is going to be different from the one we'll do next week.
0: Yeah, I think it's easy for people to put deaf or hard of hearing. I mean, you'll hear us even say it and on a lot of IEPs, you know, there is technology out there for deaf individuals, including hearing aids, cochlear implants, you know, some of the technologies that we've seen used and that a lot of schools also refer to as low incidences, like accommodations or services, you know, more often than not, we have FM systems, loop systems, accessibility telephones you know, we have FaceTime on our phones now, any type of visual alerts, you know, it really is something that those deaf and hard of hearing, just it's, that's what it is, but it's good for everybody to remember it is its own eligibility category. Yeah. And then hard of hearing. Yeah. And I think the
1: easiest way you can think about it is in the past, we've talked about those that processing of information that we hear, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll often talk about it as, you know, someone might have an auditory processing disorder. We've talked about that in the past, where the child is hearing what you're saying, but they're not processing the information. Mm -hmm. And so we made that distinction that that is different than, you know, because a teacher might say, well, they're not deaf. They can hear me, right? They can hear me, they can Mm -hmm. respond. So when we talk about that, we're actually in this category of deafness. We actually are that it's the processing of the information that they're not hearing, Linguistic um, it is different hearing yeah. than that hearing impairment where, which again, we'll, we'll talk about. So this really is looking at that hearing so in most cases, if you have a diagnosis, you have, um, you know, that significant hearing loss, you're usually going to have that medical documentation, that information, whether, you know, right. it's full deafness or, um, you know, there's the varying levels, whether they have the cochlear implant,
0: yeah. um, which, or not. which, I mean, just because we we've gone through it, you know, they do hearing tests that- days after the child's born, if not the day the child is born. And so you know, that documentation, we've had people on the podcast talk about their children finding that out kind of deep diving into the world of deafness, and really the community that they're able to and I think that that Is something first and foremost that we would encourage. You know, we can only talk about the accommodations and services. You know, from that educational standpoint, but really, a lot of these people, you know, we love somebody that can think outside the box. A lot of the families that do come to us that are well connected in the deaf and or hard of hearing community, they learn from the other parents before them, and that is vital because even though you you know from day one that the child is deaf, like. It's a whole new ballpark once you start getting into the school system and wanting to have the right support and services in place from day one.
1: Yeah. And when we look at the low incidence services that should be provided, you know, we are really looking at more significant support for a child who falls under the category of deafness. So we Mm -hmm. are talking about full interpreters that Mm -hmm. may be necessary to follow them all day. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I think is often missed by schools. Maybe they'll say like, oh, well, you know, we'll provide it during academic portions, or we'll Mm -hmm. provide some type of device. Mm -hmm. And while devices, you know, technology of speech to text, text to speech, having a screen where someone who is deaf who can you know, read a transcript. That's Mm -hmm. all well and good for some things, but it's not always going to be the best method for them to learn in all scenarios. Because as we remember, school isn't just academic. School is also social skills, independent living. So if we are relying on, say, a device, a transcript device to provide information to a student, they are not necessarily looking at the visuals that might also be present in the classroom because they're looking at that device, right? Or in social situations, during recess and lunch, during passing periods when they get older, that's not helping them because if they are not in a specialized school, which that might be something that some school districts try to push, is like, oh, well, maybe you need to go to a specialized school, but you don't need to. We are talking about inclusion being required in Public education. So, if a student is going to need a sign language interpreter that is following them around to engage in conversations with peers and conversations with other adults, because maybe there's not very many students in their community that know ASL, maybe that's something that they have learned, or maybe they haven't learned. ASL and there's other modes of communication that is a very important tool that these students are going to need throughout their school day from the day they enter campus to not and something of special consideration for schools and IEP teams
0: yeah I think a lot of the accommodations that come to people's minds are for the child who you know can't already read okay captioning subtitles all right you know, copy of the information that's on the, you know, overhead, like, so that it's next to them, you know, a, an assigned note taker, but we really don't see a lot of conversation around the littles, right? <laughs> like, what is it that we have to do? And that's something that you as a parent really need to, you know, if you're visualizing what it is that you want your child to eventually do, like, you don't have to think when they're 40, right? Like, you start small, okay, this is how we have raised our child, this, these are the resources we've been exposed to. And if you haven't been exposed to them, then you just start asking as many questions as possible. Yeah. It, because the, again, as a low incident, there are low incident services that are you know a lot of the schools at least have kind of like default knowledge of there's a heck of a lot more but at least yeah. you can start somewhere and, and even they- the idea for
1: that matter of teaching ASL or teaching sign language mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. we look at assistive technology for students who are nonverbal, and we look at using communication devices and how we teach that teaching sign language to a student who is deaf could be a service that should be written yes. in the IEP, and maybe it's as early as preschool where they're having one-on-one sessions so that by the time they get to the point where they're reading and writing, that they are fluent in sign language. That might be something that is necessary it, yeah. for your it child is, if they
0: are capable. It is a language. Be- <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. a language. It is, you know, the IEP team has to do a couple of things. They got to consider the language and communication needs of the child. This is a child that has, because they are human, a form of communication with their parents. So that's really where school districts should start, right? They don't know this child. How is the parent communicating? How is the child communicating to the parent? You know, what are those opportunities for, you know, direct line of communication? Like, this is really where there has to be a lot of early partnership (laughs) between the parent and the district. Oftentimes, you know, the district can say, oh, we've dealt with autism, we've dealt with and but there are very few people because this special population isn't a majority of our just general population, right? And so I sometimes think that school districts kind of go, well, we've never had a deaf or hard of hearing student. We've never had a kid with visual impairments um, at our school. So we don't really know what that will entail. And it's like, okay, cool. If you're ready to learn about it, like I as a parent can teach you. We need somebody on this team that is well versed in it. Who do you have in your district that we're going to pull? I think that that's you know, the most important thing, because if if you are people that do not know, and they're trying to lead other people who do not know, that is a problem. And we have had uh, very many cases, especially this last year, where we are trying to get specific people on the IEP team, and we're just getting stopped every which way, because, well, no, this person has a little bit of experience this, and this person has a little experience that. And it's just like, we need like somebody different. <laughs> we need somebody no. that actually knows and the low incident, that law, like the definitions, everything, It these people are to exist within the school district. So as Amanda had mentioned before, if the district has to hire a headhunter, if they need to get somebody, we are now in the world of technology. It's not the best that if it were to be virtual, we need somebody in person. But for the time being, if that person can you know, educate the team, like get those people at the IEP meetings, because that is going to be the most helpful thing is getting experts in. Otherwise, you are really having people that do not really know too much leading the whole team. And it's like not appropriate. So we hope you enjoyed this short podcast. Again, uh, I've had a lot of caffeine today. So I'm in it. We have just two more under the low incidences. And that'll round out our October. So we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.